what is up you beautiful human hello and welcome back to the raw real and vulnerable podcast with me your host beck antonucci so today's episode is a really special guest her name is katie lynn now katie lynn was a guest speaker of a preston smiles program i did roughly five years ago this is before i had started my coaching business this is before i had come out loud and proud about herpes this is actually when I was still in a lot of my own internal pain and shame and really terrified to be myself in the world. But when I experienced Katie on the screen, I was just blown away by her, how magnetic she is, how brilliant she is, how intelligent she is, how beautiful she is, how communicative she is, how just everything. You're going to experience her today and truly understand what about her blew me away. I've actually had Katie come into many of my programs as a guest speaker, and I just can't believe I haven't shared her with you yet, but I probably was waiting for a time that felt really aligned within me internally to be able to hold such a powerful conversation. Now, I know the conversation around masculine and feminine energetics comes up so frequently in my podcast episodes, and I really hate the conversation around women not being feminine enough and us speaking about it in a way that almost wrongs us, makes us bad, makes us not good enough, makes us not ready yet for partnership because we're not yet feminine enough for our masculine life partner to show up for us. And so Katie and I really dive into all the ins and outs of the nuances around this conversation and truly what it means to not cultivate a relationship with our inner feminine, but cultivate a strong, loving, healthy relationship with our own internal masculine energy so we can attract that beautiful aligned masculine man that we yearn for, that we ache for, that we say that we are ready for. If you love this episode, please screenshot it share it to your story, tag both myself and Katie, because we would absolutely love to connect with you and share it as well. Strap yourself in. This is one hell of an episode. Let's fucking go. I am standing here with one of the most incredible women who did a guest speaker masterclass for a group program that I was a student of around five years ago. And Katie Lynn absolutely blew my mind. I was like, who the F is this woman? And I just need to get her all up in my space and in my world. She's actually been a guest mentor for many, many, many of my programs. And she just astounds myself and every woman who's a part of my world every time that she comes in. So Katie Lynn, Mm. welcome to Raw, Real and Vulnerable. Thank you so much for having me. I can't believe it's been that long. Oh my gosh, you you just jarred my memory. I can't believe it's been that long and I've only waited to request that you be on the show now. I was like, how have I not had Katie Lynn on the show yet? (laughs) You were just like, from the moment I met you, I was like, I need everything that that woman does and has and says and embodies and just love everything about you and how you show up in the world. It just really touches me so deeply. Thank you. Thank you. And I have just adored every ounce of you, everything that you've shared, created. Like I know that once you set your mind to being of service, you just went all in on that. And I am so just honored to know you in this space. Thank you. Well, I mean, you've watched a big journey, even if it is from afar, but this is all about you and my audience getting to hear all about you today. So for anyone who isn't as privileged as me to have access to you in the way which I have, who is Katie Lynn and what is it that you do in the world? Well, 
Great question. I feel like I've lived so many lifetimes in this one. I am a wife now, a mother to two boys, 12 and two, and I'm a psychotherapist. I have a degree in psychology. I have a master's in social work and I've worked with, oh my gosh, millionaires, CEOs, entrepreneurs, inmates. I spent 10 years in the criminal justice system working in the highest security unit in the state with women. And I am a total geek for transformation and human behavior and the brain and what we're all about. Because I just think as humans, we're fascinating. We are so fascinating. And especially as women, really learning about how to use this thing that's between our ears and connect it in coherence to our bodies and leverage this tech that we live in, that we occupy. I mean, I think I went into psychology to figure myself out. And then I came out just really wanting to help people understand themselves because once you have a really beautiful understanding of how all of this works, you go from life is happening to me to life is happening for me to then life is happening through me. And what a powerful place to live from. Imagine if you could realize yourself as a co-creator in this experience and write your story, be a co-author in the story. And there were so many chapters that I'm like, oh, I didn't consciously write that chapter. I wrote it, but it was from my wounding and it was from my conditioning and it was from what I sort of took on without awareness. And now I feel like I write this story. I'm in ownership, which means that I'm in my power. And there's things that I do that I'm like, oh, Katie, wow. But then there's other things that are like, yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Mm. Yeah, that's a nutshell. Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> it's, a big, it's a big pill to swallow, though, to say we wrote this story, we are the creator. It's mm-hmm. even I was having a conversation with one of my spiritual teachers and I was talking about my past two relationships and she said, Rebecca, can I ask you quite a confronting question? And I was like, okay, yes. And she goes, why did you write both of those men? in that way? Why did you create both of those men in that way? And I was like, I don't want to sit with this question. This feels Mm -hmm. awful. This is them, not me. And so for anyone that's listening right now and they're like, what do you mean, Katie? Like I'm the creator. I'm the writer. I did not write my dad like this or my husband like this or my ex-boyfriend like this. What is your answer to that? Yeah. Oh, good question. So I believe that we are in co-creation. I'm only part of the story but I get to take full responsibility of my part of the story. And I like to say that we have control or I'm at cause, meaning that I impact the world through my beliefs, my attitudes, my effort, my consistency, and my strategy. Yes. Everything else, if I show up in those five realms, that's mine. Everything else is up to God, spirit, source, whatever name you have on the door. That's the collaboration. And for me, I believe that I live in a loving universe with a higher power Mm -hmm. that deeply, deeply, deeply wants my highest and best evolution, which might look like wealth. It might look like an incredible romance. It might look like beautiful, healthy children. It also might not look like that in some moments. It might look like contrast Mm -hmm. and conflict and struggle. But what I've known, what I've learned about this journey is that, you know, I've been divorced. I've been uh, a functioning alcoholic. I've had an eating disorder that lasted for about a decade. There's so many trials 
that my stubborn soul had to endure because Mm -hmm. it was like, I couldn't get the hint. Do you know what I mean? And I was trying to control everything. I thought that I had to be the perfect woman. I thought that my body had to look a certain way. I thought that I had to have the best degrees. I mean, I had the American dream in air quotes by the time I was 25. And Mm -hmm. yet on the inside, it was like I was starving, binge eating, bulimic, binge drinking, married to a man Mm -hmm. that I knew. Oh my gosh, I knew. Like we were not, we were not it. We were not a fit. He had a good heart, but our lifestyles were so different. Our value systems were so different. And like, you know, I became a mother at 25. And I remember waking up one day and I was like, who is this woman? Who is Mm. she? And where did I go? Because this is so not who I was created to be. And that's Mm. when, even though I had already studied psychology and studied, you know, in my master's program and started working in the field of human behavior and psychology, I got to work on my own self. And that Mm. to me was when God tapped me on the shoulder and said, look, you're here to be in integrity. Mm -hmm. You need to get into integrity. And integrity Mm -hmm. is when your values match your actions. And right now Mm -hmm. your values are not aligning with your actions. And Mm -hmm. if you are going to survive this, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to put in the work. And so Mm -hmm. for me and for so many of the women that I work with, it's about understanding that, yes, I am at cause, but that does not mean I will control everything. There are Mm -hmm. five things I can control. My beliefs, my attitudes, my efforts, my consistency, and my strategy. Everything Mm -hmm. else I get to surrender, Mm -hmm. which I think for a lot of women is tough. I know it was tough Mm -hmm. for me. I will speak for personal experience. That was tough for me because I was Mm -hmm. the woman that was like, got divorced, said, oh yeah, okay, I'll I'll be single for like six months. And five years later, (laughs) five years later, I was like, okay, God, (laughs) five years later, three years celibate. I'm like, are you there? Like what's, what's happening? You know, (laughs) and then, and then in in year five. I resonate with this so deeply. I resonate with this so deeply. Before my ex-partner was seven years for me and it got to a point where I was like, hmm, yeah, I think maybe playing the opposite game here might be good for me (laughs) and my friend. Yeah, I remember I had gotten to a point where, and I teach this to women because I think it's so powerful. It was the moment that I knew I had completed sort of my inner work at that point. Mm-hmm. Inner work is never done. But like at the, up until that point, I was like, oh, this is the end of a cycle because I actually wrote a letter to God. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. God, here's the deal. I know I had my list of qualifications and things that I wanted in a partner. Mm-hmm. You know my heart. So you bring this man to me. You send him to me and let me know that this is him. And I will say, yes, I don't care what he looks like. I don't care how tall he is. I don't care how much money he makes. I don't, none of it. You just send him to me and you let me know that this is my person. Oh my gosh. It was the most terrifying letter I've ever written. It was the, at that point in time, it was just like this act of surrender that was like, I'm fully trusting, fully trusting. And I have goosebumps as you're saying this right now. Yeah. I still have goosebumps when I think about the story of meeting my now husband and like just the soul match that we are is incredible. People like stop us in public and they're like, oh my gosh, you two are just, wow. You know, like they they just reflect such beauty back to us. So it's pretty, it's pretty special. And is this the man that God sent you from the letter? Yep. Yeah. 
Before we met in person, three people that I knew told me about him for six months prior to us meeting, including one of my best friends who you know. Yeah. She was like, she was like, girl, I think I just met your husband. And I was like, no way. Yeah. Yeah. And I messaged him on Facebook as a rule out just so I could tell her, like, I messaged him. It's not him. (laughs) But it turned out to be him. (laughs) Yeah. So what was the journey between writing the letter and it turning out to be him? What was the journey? Oh, my gosh. So, you know, the, the parts of it that I remember. So I met my husband in July of 2018. I sat down and I was like, I'm going to do my mid-year business planning, my mid-year manifestation for the second half of this year. Let's get to it. And I got, you know, I had all my stuff, such a geek. I had all my pens out. I was into this beautiful, colorful board and like my numbers and drawing. And, and I sat there and I picked up the pen and I heard my intuition. I heard God. And I was like, oh. he said, your business will not grow past the point that it is until you embrace your husband. And I was like, wow, what are you talking about? I'm finally happy. I'm finally happy in my own skin. My eating disorder was gone. I was like so present and full in my body. I had just done all of this like somatic sexual healing. I had been celibate. I was just like, oh, I feel so juicy in me. What? You know? And then sure enough, Actually, the March before that, we were out on kind of a date, this man and I, and he was like, do you know Sanika? And I was like, I have never heard that name before. And he said, well, your friend's on Facebook. And I was like, oh, are we? Okay. He's like, yeah, he's a great dude. I think you would really like him. He usually comes to my birthday, but he's not here tonight. I was like, this is the oddest conversation I've ever had (laughs) on a date with somebody. And then November, Monique was like, I think I just met your husband. And I was like, no way. And then we met for tea a couple days after that and have been together ever since. Yeah. So the journey was really from writing the letter to receiving my husband was really about landing an embrace in my own beingness. It was really about like, Mm. I'm here and I'm me. And I, it's so funny because I told him, I said, babe, when I met you, like I was the heaviest I'd ever been. I was carrying the most like extra fluff I'd ever carried in my life. And, you know, I was just, but I was so in my body. I had released the self-judgment at that point. I was in my fullness of business. I was helping women. I was mothering. I had transitioned into my business full time from having a job. And so it was like, I was able to be present with my son. And I had just really arrived at this place where it was like, I, I enjoy me. I really enjoy me. Mm. And whether you are my person or not, I'm going to have a fantastic time here and I'm going to embrace you and I'm going to just love it. You know, no matter what comes of this, I'm going to love it. Mm, I love this so much. So I have some questions yeah, for you. I know that now, you prior you were talking about working with inmates and mm-hmm. CEOs and really wealthy people, but yeah. your client base, my assumption is you work with women who are really embracing their power. Mm-hmm. That, that's like, is that the large extent of your client base now? Yes. Yes. So they yeah. don't use that language. Um, it's interesting because they don't come and say, Katie, I want to be in my power. You know, they'll come to me and say, Katie, I'm, I'm stuck or I want to meet my person or something is off or they're, they're at this turning point that does require their power. 
it does require the activation of who am I and am I willing to have the courage to be that fully in the world? Yeah. No matter what my family says, no matter what my religion says, no matter what anybody says. And yeah, that's a big theme. And it's a, it's a huge identity shift. Yes, resonates so deeply with what so many women, including myself, are going through in the world, in our worlds at the moment. And my question for you is, as women in general are going through these huge identity shifts and at the same time deeply desire partnership, how do we make sure that we are not requesting that he come in and rescue us? How did you know when you're writing that letter that you're like, I'm ready, God send him to me, I don't care what he looks like, mm-hmm. all the things, I'm just like, I'm ready. Like even for me now, I feel this from my internal woman, like this sense of readiness. Mm-hmm. And then other women are sharing with me, I really want him, but is he here to rescue me where I've been mm-hmm. told not to pick from the rescuer? What do you have to say about that? Oh, this is such a fantastic question. So I'm really big in my work with myself and the women that I work with. I'm really big on orientation. What I mean by orientation is where does this come Mm -hmm. from? And there's this quote that I love Mm -hmm. that is like, he's not protecting you because he thinks you're weak. He's protecting you because he thinks you're precious. It's like if you have a garden and you have this rose that's growing and you would just like not want the birds to mess with it. You wouldn't want anything to like touch this enchanted, beautiful thing. That's the protection Mm -hmm. and the orientation for that is so different than I need to protect her because she's weak. And so what I catch in women is the projection of their insecurities onto the man. They believe themselves Mm. to be weak at some level. They believe there's this subtle, it's Mm. so subtle. I can't, I can't handle it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to handle it, Mm -hmm. but that's Mm -hmm. not really up for choice for many of us, right? Like, especially when we're single, Mm -hmm. it's like, I love that you want to be well taken care of and financially provided for. And you're single, my love. Mm -hmm. You're going to need to generate money. You're going to need to to be in this dance. This is the world that we're living in. And so how do we do that Mm -hmm. from a place of power and from a place of sovereignty and from a place of like, I have gifts to bring forward. And it's from a place Mm -hmm. of pouring into and contribution into my space and my community and every Mm -hmm. place that my feet land versus got to push, got to strive, got to hustle and prove. And a lot Mm -hmm. of that proving and hustling energy is tied to a deeper insecurity of I can't, I can't handle Mm -hmm. it. It's too much for me. I won't be able to save face. I will fail in front of all these people Mm -hmm. and I don't want to fail in front of all these people. I don't want to look weak. I don't want to be perceived Mm -hmm. as weak. I don't want to be perceived as vulnerable. I Mm -hmm. want people to think I have my life together, Mm -hmm. that I'm intelligent and I'm accomplished. And so we're living in this, it's like an armor, but it's so subtle. And the thing that makes it tougher to address, I think for so many women is that it's socially acceptable right now. It's like cheered Mm -hmm. on. So if you're doing, you know, mid six to high seven figures, you're already in the top 10% of earners for women globally. Mm -hmm. And you're Mm -hmm. celebrated. If you're climbing the corporate ladder Mm -hmm. or if you're like, oh yeah, I have my own place and I have my own money and I have my own, everybody's like, yeah, go you. Like Mm -hmm. you're doing it. And then you get home Mm -hmm. and the house is so quiet and everybody is looking at you in awe, but they're all afraid to sort of like really have these 
transparent, vulnerable conversations, let alone ask you confronting questions about your tenderness and where you might feel like you need help or where you might feel like you are still a little insecure, disempowered. And so when I say orientation, if anybody is listening and they're sort of resonating with anything that I'm sharing in this moment, the question to ask is like, what is this pursuit? What's the origin of this pursuit? Mm. Is this a pursuit from love? Am I doing this because I love it and it nourishes me and I'm so excited and elated to like live in my gifts this way? Or am I doing it because I'm just waiting for my man to show up so he can take me from this and save me from this? Because your dream partner won't save you from the work you're here to do, from the soul work that you're here to do. They will lovingly go, here it is. (laughs) Here it is, love. Here it is, darling. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you can do it. I love that. I love that so much. So I know before we got on the call, we spoke about masculine and feminine Mm -hmm. energetics. And I know before in our last conversation, we were just having you spoke about the hustle and the Mm -hmm. working and the striving and the proving. So can you speak a little bit into that and your beliefs around us embodying these masculine and feminine energies within and what your beliefs around that are? Yes. Especially particularly when it comes to attracting our masculine aligned partner. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when you take masculinity and femininity as it's shared socially, like in our cult, it's such a buzzword topic right now, right? It's like what boundaries was a few years ago, I feel like, and self-care was a few years before that. But the masculine and feminine conversation for me is really interesting because the masculine characteristics get like put into this description of like the hustle and the push and the force. And when I hear someone Mm -hmm. say that, I'm like, I don't know that they really know what a healthy masculine energetic is because Mm -hmm. the healthy masculine expression does not push Mm -hmm. and it does not force and it does not hustle Mm -hmm. in that way. It is very present. It is very steadfast. It is very honoring of the feminine. I mean, my husband would never look at me and go, you have to do this right now. There is a deadline and we've got to meet it. Mm -hmm. My husband would never, he would be like, this is when this needs to happen. What is the timeline Mm -hmm. realistically? Do we need to Mm -hmm. shift anything? Is there anything Mm -hmm. that we need to do energetically to make sure that you feel ultra nourished in this process? Mm -hmm. Do we need Mm -hmm. any other support? Yes. It is the provider in that way. That's the healthy masculine. The healthy masculine Mm -hmm. does not abuse the feminine in any way. Mm -hmm. And to me, when I hear sometimes masculine energy being talked about on a broader scale, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so not what I experience the healthy masculine to be. And I find myself in this beautiful position in my life where I'm surrounded by men. My husband is a men's coach. I have men in my space all the time and none of them, (laughs) none of them treat me with force or punishment or like you have to work into the wee hours of the night and and no hustle. None of that. They are all so nourishing and protecting and providing and like thoughtful and oh it's it's so beautiful and so for me I like to tell people especially the women that I work with that like the only reason I met and I think really aligned with my husband is because the masculine in me was healthy 
and is healthy. Mm-hmm. So literally, when I hear a woman say there are no good men, it tells me where she is in her development and understanding of the masculine and feminine energies. Because the masculine in me has no tolerance mm-hmm. for that kind of energy. I don't play at that level in this mm-hmm. game of life anymore. So they don't even yes. come to me that way. I am mm-hmm. like, I can't, I, even when I'm at the gas station, you know, or, or like in random places, I feel like they're always looking out for me. They're always working to protect me. I will be offered help in scenarios where like, I didn't even know I might have wanted it or needed it, you know? And so Mm -hmm. to me, when a woman comes to me and she says, you know, I want to be more in my feminine, that tells me that the masculine has atrophied because Mm -hmm. when the masculine is healthy and erect internally, the feminine just flows. She just oozes. She just lives her life in Mm -hmm. freedom, you know? And with still some containment. I have a lot of sexual energy, a lot of, you know, flow, but I'm not going out and spreading it all over yes. the world. It's like, it's, this is for my husband yes. and this is for my family. And this is for, you know, it's boundaried and it's intentional. And that's the masculine. I think a lot of women think that they're too masculine, but what I would, yes. what I would add to that is a nuance of you're just in your unhealthy expression of the masculine because my husband would never want me to burn out. He would never want me to burn out. Even when, after I had our son, he was like, let's call your mom. Let's bring in a nanny. Let's bring in help. Let's call your friends. Like he was the one championing me on all of that. And the support and the, cause he knew he couldn't duplicate himself. And he also knew yes. like, look, I might not be the best fit for some of these roles, <laughs> you know? So let's call it reinforcements, you know? And, and I'm so grateful call for in the that. village. Yes, yes, exactly. Like round them up, bring them in. They have such a wonderful village too. So we're blessed in that right. way. But, but does that like make sense of like, It does. And I love it so much, Katie, because I I was sharing with you prior to us hitting record, women will write on the application forms to work with me now. I'm not in my feminine. Mm -hmm. I'm too much in my masculine. I need to be more feminine. Mm -hmm. My partner says I'm too masculine. Mm -hmm. Even for myself, my ex-partner is like, you're too masculine. And this conversation around us women being too masculine is just so prevalent in my world. And for me, it carries this undertone of undercurrent of like, I'm bad, I'm wrong, I'm not good enough as I am. Mm -hmm. For me, it was like, God, I just used to want to be like thin and pretty enough. And now I have to be feminine enough too. Mm -hmm. And like, this is like another thing to get like the perfect bikini body. I'm like, well, I know the disordered eating journey. My food journey was similar in many ways to Mm -hmm. yours. I'm like, I don't want to approach my femininity like that. And I love you um, sharing it in such a way that it's like, oh, we get to cultivate a relationship with our healthy masculine. Mm -hmm. So how would you suggest that we do that? So let me share my strategy on this, my personal strategy, because I came from, like I said, I was divorced. Then I actually dated a man who was awesome after my divorce. He was amazing. And I pushed him away. I totally Mm. sabotaged that relationship. And about six months afterwards, I called him and I was like, I totally sabotaged that relationship. I'm complete with the relationship, but I want you to know that I take ownership. And so Mm. my journey started there where I called every man that I had dated, which wasn't that many before. And and I asked them for feedback. And I said, what do you think, like what got in the way? What is your take on this? Where was I great? 
Where was I not so great? Please don't be afraid to hurt my feelings. This is really important feedback for me. Like I'm, I'm here to grow. And the feedback that I got was so incredible. And all of them said, Katie, you could literally create anything you put your mind to if you just embraced yourself and let yourself mm. be. And I was like, mm. I never knew you felt this way about me, you know, but I also wasn't a safe space for them when we were in partnership together. So I understand that. But that was step one was I called all of them and I was like, please give me the real raw and vulnerable of this. Okay. And they did. They were so generous in that wow. way. And then I cleared my life of anybody who didn't believe in long lasting, amazing, incredible love. So I noticed yes. that I was surrounded by women who would talk down to men, even the men they were dating. And I was so confused because mm -hmm. I was like, you chose him. Like, why are you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Eight billion people in the world. Let's say half of them are men. That's four billion. Let's, you know what I mean? Like when we go in numbers game, there's an abundance of men. Why this mm -hmm. one? You know, that was very difficult for me because I loved those women, right? But it also was like, if I'm creating this next level experience for myself, the energetics of this have got to be clear and clean and aligned, right? We're talking integrity. And I was very forthright mm -hmm. about that with them. And then I got a little delusional and that's going to sound wild, <laughs> but I did. And I, I, love, I, I love a good bit of wild. Because <laughs> you know? I was like, there has to be. I know my dad is an awesome man. My brother is an awesome mm -hmm. man. My brother-in-law mm -hmm. is an awesome Like, I, there are awesome men in my life. And when I called all my previous partners, I was like, it's not that they weren't, they were terrible men. They were great men, mm -hmm. clearly. So like, where was I seeing things? And the thing that I noticed yes. is that I wasn't seeing me clearly. I wasn't honest mm -hmm. about me. And what I've learned in this process, like I said, I got a little bit wild, which meant that I started to really tell myself, like, my person is out there. And if he's mm -hmm. not out there in this lifetime, I will find him in the next. But like, mm -hmm. I know that there is a person out there who will just understand me and be like the puzzle piece that's complementary to me, not a completion, mm -hmm. but a compliment, you know? And then the other thing that I did was I started to surround myself with people who had that type of relationship whether I hired them as mentors, whether I got in their space, like just in their trainings, in their workshops, in their offerings, I was like, let me be in this energy and see what that feels like. Because mm -hmm. my parents have been married for 38 years, 39 years, and their dynamic is great, but it also isn't exactly what I wanted. So yes. I was like, okay, so we're going to really like invent this thing, you know? And so that was my process. And then I told people, yeah. I just straight up told people yeah. like in my space, I'm going to find my person. And if I don't find this person this lifetime, I'm good. Like I'm okay. I will be perfect, happy, whole, complete in process with myself, mm -hmm. you know, surrendering the outcome. But that was really it. And I did a ton of work on myself. I yes. mean, just hearing my story up until this point, knowing like I'm an avoidant attachment. I come from a blended family. I was the baby that blended the family. I have a blended family of my own now. Like this is all the stuff that I come with. You know, I really yes. dropped that armor of I'm a great partner and I'm an awesome woman. and I love myself, which is like, <laughs> I tell, I tell the women that I work with, I'm like, there's like a self-love tornado. And then there's like yes. a self-love that feels like cashmere. It feels yes. like this beautiful, just like, you don't even have to say it because it feels so good. Like people just feel yeah. it, you know? That's the, the depth of it. But 
Yeah, that was the journey. And that's Mm -hmm. what I encourage women to do is like really curate your life and develop that intimacy with yourself. I love that, especially being in, I'm in Indonesia and Bali Mm -hmm. right now. And it's been really important to me to surround myself with a really strong female community. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting to hear different women's beliefs around men of like, some of my girlfriends said they have to leave Indonesia because no good men Mm -hmm. are going to be in Bali because it's transient. Some of the women in the gym are like, oh, you know, everyone is just sleeping with everyone here. I love South American men. Some women are like, you know what South American men are like? They all cheat. I'm like, a really big generalization like every single man born in South America is a cheater (laughs) or if he's super sexual he's going to be super sexual with not just you Rebecca he's going to be super sexual with all the women I'm like Mm. this is not any kind of belief system that I desire to have instilled within me my Mm -hmm. partner can be born in any country in all the world and come with it whatever amount of sexuality that and sensual expression that he embodies Mm -hmm. and be intentional with it and be integral and Mm -hmm. reserve that just for me if that's the agreement of our partnership once we're together and so I've had moments of pleasure and bliss Mm -hmm. in this like awakening Mm -hmm. process and when the wounds are there the fears when I can hear other people's beliefs Mm -hmm. the fears are like whoa do any good men exist like it's so easy to to dive into that spiral Mm -hmm. it is so easy and it's so available. And again, it's one of those things, unfortunately, we're in this time in our world where it's like co-signed, you know, where if you say there are tons of incredible, amazing men in the world, you're going to get looks from other people. And they're going to be like, no, that's not the popular sentiment. It's not the, it's not the one that gets co-signed, you know, by Mm -hmm. everybody. And you can, depending on your circle, become kind of the odd one out. And I remember feeling that way when I first started to do my healing work with the masculine. And like one of the questions that I ask, I do a free association with some of the women that I work with that are wanting to heal their relationship with the masculine. And I go, the men are, and we do a free association. And you know how often that first word is a, an adjective that is unkind, that yes, is just judgment, you know, and I, not even just the first one, I would say like first five or 10, you know, mm-hmm. and then they, and then we get it on paper. Right. And they're like, Oh, and I'm like, can you see why maybe, mm-hmm. you know, you're not. And I do think I have an unfair advantage a little bit because when I told you I worked with inmates, the first five years of my career out of my schooling was working with boys in the juvenile justice mental mm-hmm. health program from ages five to, I'm sorry, 12 to 18. So mm-hmm. I got to see boys before they became men. And mm-hmm. now I have two boys of my own and I've gotten to see mm-hmm. them from birth now through 12 for my oldest and two for my youngest. They don't yes. come in that way. They don't, the way yeah. that the world moves with boys and men mm-hmm. is really fascinating. Because in my experience, men are more honorable than, than a lot of women are. And men are more caring mm-hmm. and they are more emotionally sensitive. Mm-hmm. And the men in my world are so devoted to my well-being. And I didn't ask for mm-hmm. that. That's their nature. You know, mm-hmm. that's their nature. And mm-hmm. I don't demand it. I give them my genuine respect and my genuine gratitude. Mm-hmm. Because Mm. how beautiful is that, that another human wants to use their life force energy to ensure Mm -hmm. my joy and my well-being Mm. and my safety. It melts me every time I think about it. I'm like, wow, what a gift. Oh, it's like when I see a dad with a daughter, I just like my whole heart just cracks open of like, that is, I think, the most beautiful thing on the planet I could ever 
witness. A man yeah. in the gym this morning was just telling me about his love for his 11-year-old oh. girl and how she's his best friend and she's essentially saved his life and oh. gives his life so much purpose and meaning and yeah. way in which he wants to support her. And he's like this rough bloke with <laughs> tattoos in the boxing gym and he's just like melting, yeah. telling me about yeah. his love for his little girl. I'm like basically crying as he's telling me the story. It's just such a beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful expression of a man. Yeah. Yeah. And so for any woman listening right now that's like, okay, Katie, those adjectives that you're talking about, I'm thinking cheat, liar, abuser, just coming to take what he can get and it's going to leave me. Mm -hmm. For any woman that's like, I I don't want it to be that. I desire it for me to love, nourish, provide, protect, home, all of those beautiful things. Mm -hmm. What would you share to say, how can we start to shift the narrative to see the world, see men through a lens of like, these are just beautiful, beautiful humans full of integrity who deeply desire to love and care for us. How can we change that lens view? Yeah. The first thing I'll start with is that not all men are like that. And I think that's a really important distinction is that mm-hmm. our discernment as women is critical. And that discernment mm-hmm. comes with our own work in our self-awareness. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you've had the experience when you've been in an environment and your body activates and you feel like something is off or you feel like, oh, something's not right Mm -hmm. here. Or you feel somebody coming, you know, behind you or, you know, like to be attuned with that is really important because I can walk Mm -hmm. out into the world and I'm surrounded by incredible men and I'll still see the ones that are not. And my body goes, Mm -hmm. oh, I see you. Noted. Mm -hmm. I get it. I get an immediate, like, I would not entertain that. So I really want to make that clear too. I had a message Mm -hmm. from one of the women who I used to work with and she messaged me. She said, I'm on these dating apps and getting all these messages and they're saying things that are, that just feel ick to me. And so do I just get off the dating app? And I said, let me share something with you before you decide to get off the dating app. When you enter the dating pool, it's kind of like walking into the ocean. And Mm -hmm. when you're in the ocean, if you walk into the ocean and get pissed off every time you get some seaweed tangled up in your foot or you step on a rock, then you shouldn't get in the ocean because that's a part mm-hmm. of being in the ocean. Do you know what I mean? So like when you get out yes. amongst human beings, there's going to be friction. There's going to be people that you say yes to and you say no to. And so mm-hmm. I think it's so important to know that there are men in my life who I would not even give them the time of day if they came back mm. from my past, you know? And there, there was a man who actually behaved in a way like probably 10, 15 years ago towards me. And he came back around and asked if he could have a conversation with me to apologize. And I checked in with myself and I said, mm-hmm. no, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not available for that. I'm mm-hmm. complete. You can complete in whatever way you feel necessary that doesn't involve me. And mm-hmm. I would be grateful if you never reached out again and respected my boundary. And that was a really powerful thing for me to do at that time. And, And so I want women to know that you can have this healing with the masculine, but not all men you meet are going to be that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because they're still yeah. a human and they're still in their journey and they're still in their process. And so, you know, be in your discernment. And I would mm. say practice that discernment when you're out and about and notice the qualities in the men that make you feel very safe. Notice Mm -hmm. the qualities in the men that feel very familiar 
there's a set of qualities in men that feels familiar, but that familiarity for me does not mean that it's safe. And it does not mm. mean that it's alignment. Alignment does not always equal familiarity and comfort. Yes. You know what yes. I mean? So yeah. getting to know ourselves in that way. And when they're, when I work with women who are in relationships and they feel like their relationship just isn't quite what they had wanted or thought it was going to become, I ask them to do an internal audit. And I ask them, what about this man made, was familiar for you? Mm. Did he pick the same liquor as your dad did? Did he use humor as an avoidance strategy? Is he very charming? Did he mm -hmm. sort of like serenade you with his smile and his words and his good looks? What mm -hmm. felt familiar for you? Did he mm -hmm. shame you in the way mm -hmm. that you may have been shamed as a young girl? Like, what is that? Let's find the through lines so that when we're consciously aware of them, we spot them. I remember yeah. being out with my son one day and we were at the barber shop, which is full of men. And he saw me at the seat and there was a man in there that I saw and I giggled and my son goes, why are you laughing? And I said, because the wounded version of me would have chose that man if I was mm. 21 and single. Wow. But me at 35 or 33 at the time, probably early thirties, I know better. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that this like goes away or you just enter this secret unicorn village of magical men <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. You're still in the world, you know, you're still in the world. And that discernment is so key. Oh my God. You're just hitting so many nails on the head. I'm even thinking I was texting my younger sister when I was going through the transition of leaving my last relationship. Mm -hmm. My sister was like, you know, this many, many ways that he is like, that is very similar to our dad. And, you know, he's very protective and wants to make sure your little girl is safe. Yeah. Nothing bad ever happens to you, but it's got a real dad looking after his little girl energy to it, which mm -hmm. obviously wasn't fulfilling my woman in any capacity. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, that is the familiarity that mm -hmm. I keep calling in. And now that I can see it yeah. so clearly, I just cannot yeah. unsee it, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is transformational all on its own. So um, yeah, yeah. running to honour both of our time, knowing that we're at this mark and I could literally chew your ears off for the next three hours. Uh, <laughs> for any so woman, much fun on this topic. Oh, my God, I just love speaking to you. It just lights me on fire. If you could go back to, say, your 18-year young self and give her some key insights to relationship to really inspire her on her journey, mm -hmm. what would you say to her? What would I say to her? I would go back and tell her that authenticity is the most magnetic force on the planet mm. for a woman to embody with men. Yes. Like your yes. authentic self-embrace, your authentic, it doesn't matter what archetype of woman you live into or you have a tendency to, whether it's the warrior, whether it's the high priestess, whether it's the goddess, whether it's the queen, whether, you know, whatever your, your natural tendencies are, when she lives into that fully, the men that are in beautiful compliment to her just come forward. They, they just mm. are like, yes, how do we support you? How do we empower you? How do we love on you? How, how do we show up, you know, more and more and more. Yeah. And that is the magic that at 18, oh my gosh, I just didn't know. Just didn't put it together. Mm. Yeah. I love that so much. And one final question yeah. that I ask all my guests okay. is what does it mean uniquely to you, Katie Lynn, to be raw, real and vulnerable in your own life? It means to be courageous and say the thing. Mm. I yes. heard this quote the other day that said, if it yes. doesn't come out of your mouth, it'll find another way out. 
whether it's through your cells or your uh, belly or your you know, heart or your brain, or it'll just find another exit route. And that the yes. real invitation for me in this lifetime up until this point is like, there's the first thing I want to say. And then there's the thing that's five layers deep that I'm like, yeah. if I say that thing, I might jeopardize it all. Yes. And having the courage to say that thing is what's yes. unlocked every door that was beyond my wildest dreams. So yeah. Oh, wow. Amen to that. Katie Lynn, I feel like I could get you on for five more sequels of this conversation. I just love chatting to you. Thank you so much for sharing yourself with us today. Thank you. And if anyone from my world would love to get even more up into yours, where do we find you? You can find me at theembodiedqueen.com. You can find me on Instagram at Queen Katie Lynn. You can email me, Katie, at theembodiedqueen.com and DM me on, on Facebook if yes. you're on there as well. I love responding to messages and hearing from everyone. Oh my God. I'm going to put all that in the show notes. Thank you so much for Thank sharing you. your magic, your beauty and your heart with us today. Thank you so much, Beck. I adore you. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. If you're desiring more from me right now, firstly, I love your eagerness. And secondly, let's make it happen. Check out the link in my show notes where you can receive more information on my books, breakthroughs, online webinars, all upcoming courses and programs, and how you can get started on your journey within my world today. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And trust me, you won't want to miss this episode.